generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. As you do that, let's go all the way to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It's a long read. I might skip a couple of verses, but it's from verse 5 to verse 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5 to 17. Like I mentioned, it's very likely that I skip a couple of verses because I want to emphasize some others. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 5 says, Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? Because they were squabbling and debating and saying, I belong to Paul. Apollos is my favorite and all of that. They said, Who is Paul? Who is Apollos? But ministers, or in the native word, servants, through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one, I planted, Paul speaking, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So see systems there. Paul planted, Apollos watered, God gave the increase. So then, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now, he who plants and he who waters are one. And each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. So for every labor in the assignment that God has given to you, there is a reward. Come on, somebody, can you type in the comment box, there's a reward for my label. Oh, yes, you serve, you hold the cameras, you edit the videos, you sing, you stay in the heat for hours, you're in and out, you're in children's church, you're working hard, you're on Zoom, even when it looks like you can't zoom in into your own vision. Come on, there is a reward for your labor, for everyone who has partnered with God in one way or the other. For those who are in the projects and protocol team, those in the welcome and first timers team, for those who are not even on any team per se, but you labor in prayer, you labor in the word you invite people word says that you will receive a reward according to your labor verse 9 he says for we are watch this God's fellow workers every believer whether you're on the service team or not he says that you're God's fellow workers you are God's field look at somebody say God is my baller hey <laughs> you are God's field in other words God works in you, around you, on you, through you. Then it says you are God's building. God's fellow workers, God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay then that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day, the day of judgment, will declare, that's why it's capital D, the special day when God will reveal all things. It says the day will declare because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort 
it is. Please type in the comment. Say it's about the sort, not the size. <laughs> it's not about the size of the work. It's about the sort of the work. It's not about the weight of the work. It's about the worth of the work. Come on. It's not about the space the work occupies. It's about the significance of the work in the mind of God, in the agenda of God. He said that God is going to test it and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. So that means that your work can be big, but the sort is not impactful in the things of the kingdom. It means that your work can get the attention of men, but it may not get the attention of God because it's not about the size of the work. It's about the sort of the work. So that means if you're doing no work, there is even nothing for God to sort out. <laughs> it's going to be tested. And verse 14, if anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved. So he's not talking about working for your salvation here. He's saying that you will, you're already saved. But the thing is salvation is the foundation. Salvation is the foundation. God expects that we build on the foundations that he has laid in our lives. The building nonetheless has to be done in the spirit, not in the flesh, not out of rivalry, not out of competition, not out of I must do something also, not out of I'm tired of being oppressed, not out of Instagram reels reeling out what God has not told you to do, not after all the things that you see on social media, but what you can see on the spirit media. Don't build according to what you see on social media. Build according to what you see in the spirit media. And verse 16 says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Somebody say amen to that. I want to I use for a topic today a very, very simple expression. Let us build. Come and say that with me. Let us build. Shout one more time. Let us build. Oh, tag somebody in the chat room right now. Can you tag Joba in the chat room? Tag Vivian. Tag Ugoma in the chat room right now. Can you tag Modupa in the chat room? Bemiga and Dolakbo. Can you tag them in the chat room and say, let us build. Father, we give you praise and glory for the demonstration of your spirit. We thank you for the authority and veracity and authenticity of your word. Your word, it is life. Your word, it is light. Father, Lord, as we go into your word today, let the tutorial ministry of the Holy Spirit be conspicuous, undeniably evident. Show us the mysteries of the kingdom. Hand over to us keys of the world to come. Help us, O oh God, to navigate spiritual realms like never before. Help us, O oh Lord, to begin to swim in deep waters. That our minds are cleansed. Our ideas are fine-tuned and replaced indeed where necessary with your instruction. Lord, help us today. We will not build after the flesh. We will not build according to the dictates of our environment. But we'll build in sync with what you are building in the earth. 
And Father, we give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Somebody say, Amen. Let us build. I have a lot to say today, but one of the things I want to just say today is that when we began to speak about systems uh, last week, we began to speak about systems, spoke about digging wells. And the thing about digging wells is that it's important for us to begin to look at those systems of sustenance. But more often than not, wells are beneath the surface of the earth. They are foundational. They are beneath the surface of the earth. And that's very important because the things that keep the things that we can see standing are in the invisible realm. In fact, the Word of God makes it very clear to us that the things that uh, were made, that the things that are visible were made by the things that were invisible. Hebrews 11 begins to tell us that we understand by faith the walls were framed by the Word of God. We understand that. That all of these elements are so important. They are so important. The invisible elements, the things that eyes cannot see, that the tongue cannot taste, that the hands cannot touch, that the emotions cannot feel, that there is a world that is so real, that is so real and tangible. It's the spiritual world. And the things that happen in that world, in fact, then govern and rule what will happen in this world. Somebody say, I hear, I hear. And so when God begins to operate, he operates first from the spiritual realm. John chapter 4 verse 24 says that God is spirit and God is spirit and they that worship him must have the access code into the spirit realm. So God is spirit. So before we begin to interface with the substance of things, you must understand the spiritual implications of things. And so it is a baby believer. It is a baby believer that is ruled by the physical senses. It is the baby believer, the carnal mind that is ruled by what they can see in their bank account, what they can touch with their hands, what they can hear with their physical ears. For the word says concerning the Messiah that he will not judge according to the seeing of his eyes or the hearing of his ears. He will operate from the spiritual realm, from the realm beyond the reach of geographical navigational devices, from the realm beyond the manipulation of human forces and factors. So God is spirit. But the fact that God is spirit does not mean that everything that God does is only in the spirit realm. We see that even though God is spirit, God is also involved in the affairs of men. He rules, the word says, in the affairs of men. He rules in the realm where things are built, in the realm where elements are touched, things are constructed, the environmental factors are subject to his rule. So the first thing I wanted to understand today as we begin to look at let us build is that God is the master builder. Somebody say that. God is the master builder. He is not just the creator. He is the creator. He is the navigator, but is also the constructor. God is the constructor. He is a master builder. Somebody put that real quick and say, God is a master builder. Now, what does it mean to build? To build, my dictionary says, to build means to construct by putting parts or material together to construct by putting parts or material together so yes God creates but God also constructs God puts parts together God synchronizes elements God pieces things together he puts things together to build also means to commission to finance and to oversee the building of something so that means that to build is not just you physically doing it yourself I remember when we're you know in primary school and they would say, somebody would come and say, oh, my father just built a house. I remember back then, the first 
time, the first couple of times I heard people say, my dad built a house when I was about seven, eight, nine. I was like, my God, your father must be very strong. Your father must have thick muscles. Your father must be like Superman or Spider-Man. Your father was a superhero. That was what I thought in my mind because whenever it was that said my father built a house, in my mind and in my thinking, I thought their fathers literally dug the trenches, built the foundations, mixed the mortar, put all of those things together and that he was the one who was literally responsible for integrating, synthesizing, synchronizing all the cement and all the bricks and all the cable work. But to build does not necessarily mean you're the person who is hands-on. To build means that you could be the person who has commissioned the project. So when we say God is a master builder, in other words, they are projects that God the master builder commissions. He is also the overseer. To build could also mean to compile like a program, to build a database like we do in the admin of kings. It, it could mean to make or become stronger or more intense. To build could also mean to use as a basis for further development. So God is a master builder. He is a, a master builder. Can you quickly type that for me? Just type master builder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Type it real quick. Master builder. Uh-huh. He's a master builder. He's not just the creator. This is very important. It's important that you understand that he is not just the creator. Many of us have seen God as the creator. He created my spirit man. He created the heavens and the earth. He's also a master builder. He's not just a master builder. He is the master builder. When we look at Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews 11, 8 to 10, the word says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, knowing, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city, watch this, which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Amaka the news maker. Whose builder and maker is God. So he's saying that when Abram, watch this, was called by God, when Abraham responded to the calling from God, he was not just responding to some strange spirit or some wild voice or some nonsensical, whimsical, flimsy disposition that masqueraded as God. He was literally responding to somebody, watch this, who promised him a city. And that person introduced himself as the builder and as the maker of a city. So many times we are so religious in our thinking and we only see God from a spiritual dimension. But when God introduced himself to Abram, he said, I'm taking you to a city. I'm an architect. I have a master plan. I have skills <laughs> because a builder must have skills. Come on, somebody put in the comment box, say God's got skills. God can construct. God can draw. God can implement. God can draft. God can mix. God can fix. God can navigate. God can compact. God can distill. Have you seen those amazing pieces of architecture on social media? 
like a tour through those houses. I saw one in the course of the week where they were actually selling this particular building, mansion, villa actually, for about $23 million. In the middle of the UAE, it had a, an infinity pool in the compound. It had a room where there was natural snow generated, my God, in the, in the place. It had uh, some kind of living room through which you could see or from which you could see the extent of the ocean. Now, if man can do that, man who has only a tiny little bit of the intelligence that God gave him even on loan. <laughs> hey, can you imagine how grand and glorious God's building will be? Somebody shout, God is a master builder. Psalm 118 verse 22, he says, The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Mark 12, 10 to 11, he says, Have you not read the scripture? The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. He says, This was the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. It's saying concerning what God is building in the earth, that Christ being the chief cornerstone, God is the first builder. God is the master builder. So even before God planted or built man or created man to manage a part of the earth, God built the elements. God built the circles, the circuits. God built the systems. So everything that God built in the book of Genesis was the embodiment of a system. So we spoke about systems last week. But the thing is systems do not build themselves. Systems are built by somebody. So the first couple of things that God built, he began to build what the scientists would call kingdoms. When he said, let the waters bring forth fish, he was building the marine kingdom. Can I just prophesy? Your father created the marine kingdom. So there is no marine spirit that has any right to terrorize you. Before there was any Yemoja, before there was any Mami water, before there was any goddess of the river or the queen of the coast, there was the king of the heavens, the king of the universe, the one who's eternal in essence. He built the marine kingdom. I pray for anybody right now who is watching this, who might be under the assault of some kind of marine spirit from anywhere. I rebuke that spirit now in the name of Jesus Christ. I proclaim that the God of the universe, the God who made all things, is the God over the life of this child of God. Whoever might have been having weird dreams, uh, sleeping around in your dreams, uh, uh, copulating with demonic forces in your dreams, with apparitions of hell in your dreams. I proclaim that you are delivered in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout yes. He built the marine kingdom, the avian kingdom, where you have animals and livestock. God built that kingdom. The solar system. He built the solar system. The seas, the waterways, the oceans, the tributaries of the elements, the rivulets, the rivers, the ponds, the lakes. Uh, he built all of that. The confluences. He built all of that. Oh, I just want to brag on God a little bit. My father is a builder. Hey, my, my father is an awesome builder. My father is an awesome creator. Before there was any man 
or woman, before there was any this or that, before there was a here or a there, before there was a now or the next, before there was yesterday or tomorrow, God has been building things. He's been building firmaments. He's been building solar systems. He has been building astral forces. He has been building intergalactic forces. He has been building people. Building, oh my God, he's been building things. Somebody shout, my God is a builder. What that tells me is it does not matter how broken down you feel now, how oppressed, harassed, demented, discombobulated you feel right now. If God is still on the throne, that broken down thing can still be built. That health that has deteriorated can still be built. That business that looks like it's crawling right now can still be built. The body of Christ may have taken a heat in some regard or some dimension, but verily, verily, thus saith the Lord, the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. The God who built before there was any law or policy is building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Please help me and high five five people in the chat room right now. Come on, high five, high five, high five and say God is a master builder. God is a master builder. Oh, did somebody just type that? Type, God is a master builder. Number two point, understand this. Anything that man built without God will end up in vanity and confusion. Anything that man built without God will end up in vanity and confusion. Please understand this. Man was made in the image and likeness of God, which means that if God is a builder, then man was also wired to build something. <laughs> this then explains why it is that many of us have that drive to build something. It is not uncommon to have the drive to build something. As a matter of fact, the more enlightened and exposed you are, the earlier you want to build something. Whether it's building your bank account, building your GP, building your muscles, all your musclies, building your biceps or your six pack from your one bag, building a house, building an estate, building a business. Because you are wired like God. Because you are made in the image and the likeness of God. You want to build something. And that's not wrong. But many times what happens is we allow ourselves to be driven by our potential instead of being driven by his purpose. And anytime we allow ourselves to be driven by his, our potential, we will end up building what the Lord is not involved in. So there are people who are driven by their passion, driven by their potential, but they are not driven by God's purpose. What does it mean to be driven by a potential? Driven by a potential means that you're saying, I want to be everything I can be. I want to do all I can do. I want to, you know, you're being driven by your potential. But when you look through the Bible, God oftentimes looks for people. And then he calls them away from their own drive to his own assignment. To his own calling. Jesus had the potential to be the greatest carpenter in the world, but he does not pursue carpentry <laughs> beyond a certain point. He becomes the king of the universe. And if he had ended up being a carpenter and leave them that as a carpenter, he might have been the greatest carpenter the world has ever known, but he would not have been the savior of the world. And so when we look through the Bible, the first time we find somebody building something, 
The first time we find somebody building something massive, something huge, something gargantuan, it's in Genesis 11, 3 to 7. And God is not involved in it. The word says the man found himself in a certain space. And from verse 3, he says, Then they said one to another, Come, let us build bricks and bake them thoroughly. In other words, this is excellent material, excellent execution, excellent project planning. Before there were modern maps or seismographs, before there was any architect as you know it, this man called Nimrod galvanized the people of the earth and they began to say, let us build something. Is that let, they, they had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar and they said, come, let us build, watch this, ourselves a city. So God is not, he has no problem with you building. But when you are at the center of what you are building, you will build something that will collapse. Why? Because the foundation being faulty guarantees that the building will fall. Faulty foundations precede crashed buildings. He said, let's build for ourselves. Watch this as well. Self is too small a force to hold any building together. Hey! Somebody ought to write that down. Self is too small a force to hold any significant building together. So let, let's build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. It says, let us make a name for ourselves. And I see a lot of that today. A lot of you want to make a name for themselves. You want to be the best-selling author. You want to be the most famous preacher. You want to be the most energetic teacher. You want to be the richest online marketer. You want to, be, you want to make a name for yourself. Stop us in the heavens. Let's make an aim for ourselves. He said, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. Oh my God. <laughs> Isn't that interesting that they were still building, but God said they had already built it. Because as we deal with this issue of building, one of the things that many of us have to realize is that we've already built certain things in our minds. And maybe next week I might touch about the empire, empires of the mind. We've already built certain things in our minds. We have already built marriages that God is not involved in, in our minds. We've already built businesses that have not proceeded out of the heart of God in our minds. We've already built a reputation. And God said, let us come and see what they have built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one. And they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. And this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that, may that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down. And there confuse their language. That they may not understand one another's speech. So God came and he confused their language so that they could no longer build. Anything that we build that God is not involved in will end up in vanity or confusion. Psalm 127, 1 to 2. He says, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers, the labor in vain, except the Lord guards the city. The watchman will stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he gives his beloved sleep. In Matthew 7, 24 to 27, Jesus tells a story, a parable. He says, see, let me tell you what. 
The wise man, he built his house upon the rock. The foolish man, he built his house upon the sand. And what was it saying? That anything that is not laid on the foundation that I am, anything that is not predicated on what God has built in the earth, it will fail. Question, are you building what God is building in the earth? What you're building right now, is it what God is building or what you feel like building? What looks attractive to build? What looks like everybody's building? What sounds popular? What sounds like the way to go? Are you building? Because if you're building what God is not building, guess what's going to happen? It will not last. Luke chapter 12, 18 to 21, Jesus tells the parable of this man who has massive produce from the earth. Great things that happened for him in his business. And he said to himself, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. So as we talk about building, let us not be carried away and jump into building until we lay the solid foundation to ensure that what we are building is what heaven is building. Can I assure you that the size of what you're building is not a reflection of its authenticity. The size of what you're building is not the proof that God is involved because those people were going to build a tower that will reach up to heaven, but God was not involved. Is God involved in what you're building? Let it sink. Is God involved in what you're building? Or are you building? Because people are like, you know, time is passing, gotta build something. I remember one time I was on the road driving and the Lord spoke to me because I saw many churches on that particular road. And the Lord said to me, He said, many of these churches, I didn't call them to start, I didn't call them to build. And one of the things you notice about many, many, many pastors, especially the ones with proven character and authenticity, is that they will be honest to you to say, I didn't want to start a church. God wrestled me. But the people who are eager to build stuff, and many times when you're eager to build stuff, not all the time, but many times you're eager to jump on something and build it immediately, it is self that is driving it. Because what happens when God is calling you to build something, he will first of all wrestle with self and battle self to the ground so that you can build with the kind of selflessness that God's structures require. Are you building? Number three, for us to build like God, we have to think like God. For us to build like God, we have to think like God. Amos chapter 3 verse 3 says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? Now notice, when God scattered what we're building at the Tower of Babel, when it scattered because we're trying to build a city that will reach up to heaven and a tower so that they can look down upon the earth. They were going to look down on what God had created. Now anything you're building that is going to cause you to look down on what God has created or the people that God has created is not from God. God never wants to look down on people. He wants you to be able to see them and lift them up from what he's building through you. That's why when Habakkuk began to pray, he said I will set myself upon the watch. I will go up to the watchtower and I will see what he will say to me. Are you understanding that? In other words, if you go high, you go to the watchtower, it should be for divine intelligence. It's for you to explore divine possibilities, not for you to look down on people. But you have to think like God. How does God think? God thinks, how can I reconcile the wall to myself how can I bring others to my level 
one of the challenges with the world today is that it's a dog eats dog world what it means ladies and gentlemen is the fact that oh whenever it is people become rich or they become stronger or they become better they want to hoard all their trade secrets they don't want to share with anybody they are not generous they are not quick to invite other people but when God built God is like come let us reason together I want you to know as I know I want you to hear as I hear I want it to be as I be somebody shout I have to think like God I have to think like God to build like God I have to think like God one of the problems with them at this particular place was that they were not thinking like God how do I know that we're not thinking like God? What God said was, he said, but fruitful multiply, replenish the earth, subdue the earth, flood the face of the earth. God wanted them to spread across the earth, but they didn't want to spread across the earth. They wanted to go up so they could look down upon the earth that God had created. I must think like God to build like God. Jesus on the earth, he built like God. That's why when you look at what the word of God says, the word of God says, I don't do what I want to do, Jesus speaking. He said, that which I see my father do, that is what I do. Isaiah 1, 18 to 20, come now. Let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Watch that. So he deals with redemption, he deals with salvation there. And then it says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Are you seeing this now? But if you re refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So look at this now, look at this now, look at this now. Haya, haya, hatokosa salvation he says that is not a function of your obedience or willingness salvation is a function of the obedience of faith that you demonstrate to the obedience of christ so your sins being forgiven being washed you being washed is not a function of you doing all the good works no that's a function of you placing your faith in jesus christ but he's saying that upon the earth when it comes to terrestrial quality of life your quality of life upon the earth, it is about willingness and obedience to a certain set of instructions and principles. He says that if, if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. What does that mean? By that which takes other people down. If you don't obey the principles. So am I thinking like God? Or am I just saying, I like God, I like God, I like God. I like it. How does that work? The building emanates from the thinking of the designer. Every building takes the shape of the designer. So you've seen the artist's blueprint before. And if you have seen that before, an artist's blueprint, or you see it go online, and you see the draftsman or the architect, he draws something. He dumps down, or rather does a brain dump of the design. And every other person who's coming on the project takes material and they conform that material, whether it's electrical, mechanical, physical, they conform that material to the design. Now, if the builders are not thinking like the designers, what will happen is that they will have the right material in the wrong places. 
if you're not thinking like God, you will think about your anointing wrongly. You will think your anointing is to make you popular, powerful, and abuse people. If you're not thinking like God, you will think that the purpose of your gift is fame. And then you pursue idols. <laughs> Did you get that? You're going to think that you will make fame your project. If you think, I'm not saying don't go on. <laughs> you, you make, I'm not saying don't take opportunities. I'm saying, what is the driving force? If you're not thinking about your time, the way God thinks about your time, you will say things like, I'm just trying to while away time. What? While away time? When the Bible says that there is a time for every purpose, a season for everything under the earth. In other words, your purpose is connected to your time. And any time you're whiling away is your purpose being deferred. Are you thinking like God? If you're not thinking like God, you will think that everything in the Bible is all about redemption and sanctification and God forgiving your sins. And you will never understand that the Bible says that when you ought to be teachers, you are still babes feeding on the elementary doctrines of Christ and the first principles. That there is a time for you to partner with God. I'm going to get there shortly. Are you thinking like God? Or are you thinking like man? He says, ye are God, sons of the most high. But because you do not know it, you will die like like men. Are you thinking like God? When Isaiah 1 18 says, come let us risen together. What people stop, they just say, if your skin seen is like scarlet, it will be white as snow. But it says, see, if you are willing and obedient, you will, obedient, you will eat the good of the land. If you are not eating the good of the land, can we inspect your willingness and your obedience? Somebody shout, I will think like God. Somebody holler, I choose to think like God. Am I thinking like God? I cannot build like God if I'm not thinking like God. I've used the example before, but let me use it again. Have you been in those places before? That kind of scenario, that time of life where you went to the barber, you told the barber, give me this certain haircut. Way back, we used to have Punk and Tyson and uh, what kind of, give me those, those, you know, hairstyles that men used to have. I don't know, these days, people just, they just cut my hair like this. And you tell the Baba, this is what I want. Now the Baba says, I understand. Then it takes his clippers and he gives you one guri makma where your head becomes a shining reflector of sunshine. Come on. That they can, <laughs> that they can use your head to shoot movies on a movie set to reflect the light. You get my point. I'm, I'm not trying to be bad, but you get my point. The point is, so you told the Baba what to do, but the Baba had his own way of thinking about it. Another example, tailors, and, and shout out to all the dressmakers and tailors and fashion designers in the house. Come on, shout out to you all. So these tailors I'm talking about, they're not the ones in the house. I'm not talking about Tag and Shia Button and Darian and Jaddy and all the amazing designers in the house. No, I'm talking about some other weird people who have not come into this revelation of truth, right? You tell them, this is how I want it, the pencils I know it, but it's thinking is different from yours. So when you say, make it this length, make it this width, make it this size, no pleats here, give me some patterns here, he messes it up. Can I propose to you? We have laughed at those tailors, those seamstresses, and so those fashion designers. But could it be possible that some angels are looking at what you are building and saying this is not what God designed? Could it be possible that I just come to your table right now? That God gave a blueprint. That God gave a template. That God gave a 
a pattern. But he said, no, God, I have an idea. Hey, which idea can be better than what God is designing? Somebody say, I have to think like God to build like God. How does God think? Let me give you five major ways in God think, in way, ways in which God thinks. Number one, God thinks spiritually. When God, if God were to get a job, watch this. If God were to get a job, he's not going to start from a place of hunger. He's not going to start from a place of, I'm so hungry, I'll take any job. No, he starts from the place of, how does this job fit into what I'm building in the spirit? Think spiritual. Number two, God thinks systematically. That's why Paul in our text says, Paul, I planted, Apollos watered, God gave the increase. How does God think? He didn't say Paul planted, Paul watered, Paul gave the increase. It says Paul planted, Paul watered, Paul, sorry, Paul planted, Apollos watered, and God gave the increase. Systems. Number three, God thinks structurally. Foundations, walls, capstone. That's why he said... <laughs> Oh, the hands of Zerubbabel that lay the foundation of this building shall also put forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. That's why in the Old Testament, guess what? Structure all through the Old Testament. We see that the original tabernacle, outer court, inner court, most holy place. Jesus Christ, Matthew 13, the seed is the word. It said that some fell on good ground. The brought forth what? 30, 60, and 100 fold. Do you see structure there? God thinks structure. Number four, God thinks generationally. I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac. I'm the God of Jacob. God thinks generationally. So look at the things you're building in your life. Even the things God has called to build. Am I thinking about this thing spiritually? Am I thinking about this thing systemically? Am I thinking about this structurally? Am I thinking about this generationally? And number five, am I thinking about it creatively? We see God in the Bible creating, creating patterns, creating blueprints, creating. Am I thinking about it creatively? Number four. Or number four now? Yeah. Number four, we can't partner with God in public projects. <laughs> if we don't partner with him. In private conversations. We can't partner with God in public projects if we don't partner with him in private meetings. Let me say that again. We cannot partner with God in public projects if we don't partner with him in private meetings. So see everything. When God was building with men and through men, he will speak to them privately. Lee. This is the reason the enemy attacks your quiet time so much. This is the reason he distracts you. Watch this. With resources such that even when you have the right resources because you don't have the right blueprint, you make a mess of the resources you have because the blueprint is not given in public. Resources are given in public but blueprints are downloaded in private. So it is the downloading of the blueprint that helps you make sense of the resources in public. Can I just announce to somebody before, before Moses got gold and silver with which to build, 
he had a private meeting with God upon the mountain of meeting in the place where he met with God and God gave him a design God gave him the blueprint God told him what to do where to build then he now said I have resources Moses in places you do not know stop running after the resources get the blueprint first stop running after the sponsors the investors the innovators the partners run after God pursue the heart of the father crave and desire Jehovah yearn for him seek for him invest your time in him and then he will begin to open your eyes and show you Jeremiah 33 verse 3 call unto me and I will not I may I will not I should I will not maybe I will answer you and I will do what show you great and mighty things the primary reward for prayer is revelation the primary reward for prayer is revelation and the thing about revelation is money can buy it money can buy you education but money cannot buy you revelation money can buy you information but money cannot buy you revelation somebody say money can buy money can buy that's why when Paul was praying he didn't pray for better education for them he didn't pray for enlightenment of, of their days for them he said I'm praying that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of your calling what is the glory of the riches uh, hey, yeah, 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 of his inheritance and the saints in other words resources are secondary to revelation somebody say I hear that one I hear that one resources are secondary to revelation Revelation are resources of the spirit realm. May the Lord give you eyes that see. Somebody say, I see, I see. Eyes that see. Eyes that see. Of what use is it for you to have 1,000 bags of cement, but you don't know where to place it because you don't have the blueprint. And there are many of us now, some of you right now, guess what's happening? You have money, but you don't know what to use the money for. Don't allow resources lead you into terrible investments. You have time, you don't know what to use the time for. You have friends, you don't know what to use the friends for. <laughs> Sorry, did I say what to use the friends for? You don't know why they exist in your life. <laughs> you have this, that, and the other, but there is no information, no revelation rather, of what it is that God wants you to do that for. And see, when you lack revelation because you've not been in those private meetings with God, you will abuse the relationships and the resources in your life. Think about the monies you spent that went all away because you didn't get God's mind on the matter. I'm getting ready to wind it. So watch this. For every time there's a project, people are building tower building this building that and there are all kinds of building projects going around lagos nigeria right now as part of the lockdown can i prophesy god will build through you oh that amen was not so loud i said god will build through you i have a few more points so when was the last time you were part of that board meeting in heaven that project meeting in the place of private prayer and meditation. When was the last time? 
You see, because the thing is, God has to speak to us in private, and we must speak his language. What is the primary language that God speaks? The primary language that God speaks is God. And what's that language? Love. Now, God does not speak English. He does not speak German, Aramaic, Arabic, Afrikaans, Yoruba, Efik, Ibibio, Hausa, Wafi, Pigeon. God speaks God. And God is spirit. So God speaks spirit. And God is love. So God speaks love in spirit and in truth. So in those private meetings, that means that you're exposing yourself to hear the love language of God. You are allowing the deep and sacred things of God to seep into your spirit, man. And you are not allowing the forces of life to constrain and compel you. Your motivation is not competition, drive, or desperation. Your motivation is sincere love for God and love for people. So that when you begin to build that thing, you're not building from the pressure of competition. You are building from the pressure of divine inspiration. It is the pressure pressure that Jeremiah said, if I say I will not preach the word again, the word is like fire in my bones. In other words, this is an internal drive. This is an internal scene. This is a stirring up from the depths of my being. This is what God wants us to do. God wants us to come from that place where we're speaking his language because we have spent time with him in private. Schedule private meetings. Schedule private meetings with God. 15 minutes. Just pray in the Holy Ghost, then listen and interpret the, the tongues. 15 minutes, study the word and let the Lord speak to you. Because see, anytime you don't spend those private meetings, three things are likely to happen. Number one, you will get resources but never know what to do with them. In other words, you will abuse the resources. Number two, by resources, intellectual, human, social, environmental. Number two, you might not even get the resources at all. <laughs> so you wonder what's going on. And number three, you might get the resources and maybe have an idea what to do with it, but you'll be too tired because the Bible does not say they that wait upon the Lord will just wait upon the Lord. It says they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, which means that when the Lord gives you revelation, that revelation is food for your spirit. And because revelation is food for your spirit, you are strengthened, you are fortified, you are nourished. Your inner man has strength, capacity, and courage. Hey! That is when you will walk and not be worried. You will run and not be worried. You walk and not faint. That is what is going to happen because there is internal reinforcement for you. So understand this. Very important. Number five. God builds us so that he can build with us and through us. Number five. God builds us so that he can build with us and through us. So see this now. First Peter chapter 2, 4 to 6. Come into him. Who is he? Come into Christ as to a living stone, rejected indeed by man, but chosen by God and precious. He now says, watch this, you also. Somebody say me also. Hey, hey, hey. Jesus Christ is our pattern. He's our example. He's not just the captain of our salvation. He's the example of our construction. Hear that. Jesus is not just the captain of our salvation. He's the example of our construction. So it says that Jesus Christ, we come to him as the living stone. 
What's one of the first things you see? He said he was rejected by men. So if men are rejecting you right now, you're in good company. The rejected Jesus, the rejected Elijah, the rejected Moses, the rejected all the great heroes in the Bible in some way or the other. So if people are rejecting you, he says you also. But blessed be God, the rejection of Jesus did not end in the rejection of Jesus. The rejection of Jesus did not stop his assignment. No matter who has rejected you, sidelined you, sidestepped you, ignored you, forgotten you, overlooked you. Ah, that person will still come back to see the resurrection power of Christ in your life. He says, you also, what's happened to you? You are also being built up. What? A spiritual house. A holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. It says, therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes in him will by no means be put to shame. So here is what we see very clearly. What we see very clearly is that God is saying, I am building you and the foundation I am building you on is not wood, it is not physical things. The foundation I am building you on is Christ. Somebody say Christ is the foundation. Christ is the foundation. But then it says the Christ is the living stone. What it means is that you are also a living stone. What is a living stone? A stone that can grow. Hey! A stone that can grow. So it says that all of us are lively stones. We are growing. We are developing. We are emerging. He's stretching us. Somebody shy child, I'm a living stone. The stones of men don't grow, but the stones of God grow. They grow in influence. They grow in wisdom. They grow in revelation. They grow in capacity. They grow in joy. They grow in strength. They grow. He says every one of them appearing before God and Zion. They go from strength to strength. I'm growing. I'm growing. So Christ is the foundation. But that's where so many people stop. Christ is the foundation. Now when we go to our text, 1 Corinthians 3, 8 to 9. 1 Corinthians 3, 8 to 9. It says, now he who plants and he who waters are one. So Paul and Apollos, you're working together. You're in God's system. And each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. He says, for what? We are God's fellow workers. Then it says, you, listen to us, you are God's field. And you are God's building. So this is how it works. God calls you, chooses you brings you to Christ and he builds you on the foundation of Christ and then God builds you in Christ and that's the way it ends he takes you further from building you in Christ to making you a builder with Christ this is why Paul says I build as a wise master builder that means that every stone in Christ ought to become a builder with Christ. Hear this. Every stone in Christ ought to become a builder with Christ. So you are 
built by the word. You are built in prayer. You are built in revelation. You are built up in fasters. You are built up in discipleship. You are built up in consecration by the word of God and by the sanctifying power of the spirit of the word of God. But not only are you to be built and to dance around like a, a stone in the church, but God says, I want you to go and rebuild some things. Say, somebody shout, God is building me. God is building me so I, he can build with me, so he can build through me. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost as I begin to wind towards the end of this message. Oh, for some of you, you have been in that building face. Uh, but let me tell you, the building of God is not just supposed to be a face. What it means is as you are also building in Christ and for Christ, he's still building certain aspects of your life, certain aspects of your character, of your patience. Somebody shout, God is building me. God is building me. God is building my spirit. That's why I said in the book of Jude, verse 20, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. How do you do it? You pray in the Holy Ghost. Can we pray in the Holy Ghost for about a minute? Come on, somebody pray. Father, build through us. Build through us. This is what Jesus said to Peter. He said, Simon, Simon, the enemy has sought you to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. But it says when you return, strengthen. Another word is build up your brothers. When you have been built up in Christ, question who are you building and what are you building? I'm almost there. What are you building? What are you building? Saboko celebada samrogabolian. Shomayadus. Many believers are so, so consumed. By God building them. God build me. God build my mind. God build my marriage. God build my emotions. God build my album. God build my book. God build my online course. God build my cement. God build my real estate. God build. God said. Concerning somebody. You are built enough to start building someone else. You are built enough to start building something else that I have revealed to you. Isaiah 61, Jesus, the prophecy concerning Jesus, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison doors to those that are bound to proclaim in Zion the year, oh Shigabah, the, the year, the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all those who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beautiful ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may 
able to call the trees of the righteousness of righteousness the planting of the Lord do you see that all through all through all through all through God has been working on them but it does not stop there he says the next line but in the verse 4 and part B he says they shall raise up the former desolations they shall repair the ruined cities so when God comforts you, when God consoles you, when God extends his benevolence towards you, he doesn't just want to come around and dance and be happy and all of that. He's looking for who are you comforting? Who are you edifying? Who are you leading in the way of the gospel? Who are you teaching? Don't forget the foundation is Christ. Who are you introducing to that foundation? Later on this month, as we transition to the next month, September, we're going to start the spiritual development classes again. Discipleship classes. Missionary map. In love with kings. Who are you building? Who are you building? The disciples didn't go to theological seminary. They didn't go to any Bible school. But their encounter with Christ had built them up, fortified them. To the point where a rookie preacher, a fisherman, Peter, has stood before thousands of people. There were more than 3,000 because the Bible says 3,000 people got saved. Lord. 3,000 people got saved. 3,000 people, which means there were more than 3,000. So God builds us so we can build others. He said, when you have, you've been planted by God, you're in righteousness, he said, you shall rebuild the old ruins and you shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the old ruins. I believe that as we progress in the series in this and I'm going to spend some like three or four weeks on building alone right one of the things I'm going to teach I trust the Lord will help me is repair the ruins repair the ruins because for some of us the mandate upon our lives is not just to build, it's to rebuild. And rebuilding is a lot more work than building. So notice this, it does not end with you. All those great messages about prosperity and increase and enlargement and expansion is so that the Lord can build in you spaces, mansions, territories that will accommodate other people. Watch this now. That your capacity in the spirit, your capacity in the spirit is not about what you can get. It's about what you can give. It's not about where you have gone. It's about what else you can accommodate through the systems that the Lord has built through your life. See, what made Noah significant, what made Noah powerful, what made Noah a historical marker, hey! What makes Noah, what makes Noah a historical marker is not what he got, it was what he built. And what he built was not for him. Nobody in his same mind would say, I want to build myself an ark. <laughs> and then I'm building for myself, it will not be that massive. No. One of the ways you will know God is calling you to build something is that what he's calling you to build is disproportionate to your size. It's disproportionate. It is disproportionate to your size. I have two quick points. Let me remain standing. 
and I'll, I'll build on this. this. This is the foundation for the building part of the series. <laughs> Number six, the highest use of our lives is in building with God. The highest use of our lives is not in building ourselves a name or building ourselves a reputation or building ourselves a brand or building ourselves something that you know will make people feel like oh you're doing something no isn't partnering with god god according to your eternal blueprint and design what did you earmark for this generation and dispensation i know that one of the things that god earmarked for this generation and dispensation was that kings would rise how do i know there's been a revelation of the believer as priests and that is not inferior to the work that we do. It's not inferior. We don't jetson that. But not a lot of believers understand the revelation of kings. And that whilst the fullness of our kingship is culminated with the coming of Christ, what is also true, listen to this, what is also true is that there must be a witness. See, everything God will do in the world to come, there must be a witness of it in this world. Check the Bible. Every move of God every building of God in a certain dispensation has a witness in a former dispensation. That's why concerning John the Baptist, the foreigner of Jesus Christ, the word says he will come in the spirit and power of who? Elijah. <laughs> oh mama, there is a shadow and a time. Elijah comes to be a witness concerning a coming Elisha. Noah comes as a witness before Jesus. So our assignment, part of our major assignment is that we must be a witness of the coming king because Christ himself when he was upon this earth, he had so much influence. Watch this. Before he shed his blood, apart from his offering in redemption, he had a manifestation of power in the culture of men, in the systems of men. He was not a politician, but the politicians were afraid of him because he was building what God is building. God was building. It's as I see the master builder do. That's what I build in my life. I'm not, I'm not building something because John the Baptist had a great ministry. And I'll go, hmm, John baptized people with water. Let me start baptizing people with mud. Or olive oil no by the way the fact that somebody is a foreigner of your man and your calling does not mean you adopt their methods oh this person builds that no it doesn't mean God used an ark in the days of Noah to preserve the world but to preserve Jonah he does not use an ark he uses a wheel to transport Jonah where he should be so the highest use of our lives is in building with God. Now think about this. Think about this. Whenever there emerges an acquisitions in the business landscape, in the business climb, whenever there emerges an acquisitions, watch what happens. The value of the smaller company automatically goes up. <laughs> because now people no longer see the smaller company in the light of its size. They see the smaller company in the light of the bigger company. So when the Bible says that we are fellow workers, we are co-workers and co-laborers with Christ, 
Christ is saying, now that you are partnering with me, I have acquired your life. So the value, oh my God, the value of your life is naturally augmented when you start building with God. Before Peter met Jesus, he was a fisher of fish. But when he meets Jesus, he becomes a fisher of men. When before David met God, or before God pulled on David, he was looking after sheep. But after God pulled on David, he began to look over men and over a whole kingdom. Oh, are you following this? Before God pulled on Noah, he was just a, a farmer, an agrarian, some kind of agricultural hand. But when God pulled on him, he became an ark builder. He became the preserver of a generation and the human race, in fact. Before God pulled on Paul, he was just all over there, persecuting people, one of the Sanhedrin, written the books of the law. But when God pulled on him, he moved beyond memorizing the Bible to downloading the secret truths and the imprint of the mind of God to the degree that over 2,000 years later, we are still reading the letters of Paul and we love them. We are blessed by them. When you are building with God, the value of your life goes up. When you are partnering with God, the value of your life goes up. Haven't you noticed how excited you feel when your favorite celeb likes your post on Instagram, when they endorse your video, when they put a comment on it, or when they agree to do an IG live with you, or a Zoom call with you, you feel special. Well, God says, I want to do a Zoom call with you for your generation. I want to partner with you to do an IG live. Hey, it's not just an Instagram live. It's an inspiring God life. God wants to make your life an inspiring one. God wants to get on Zoom with you so he can Zoom you into his purposes. God wants you to begin to stream his glory and download his bounty into the nations of the earth. Somebody shout yes. I feel like preaching. Somebody shout yes. When you begin to build as God builds. When you begin to build according to pattern. The value of your life increases. Noah built an ark. His value went up. Moses built a tabernacle. His value went up. David built a kingdom. His value went up. Solomon built a temple. His value went up. Christ is building his church. Wherefore God has given him a name higher than every other name. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Somebody shout, my value is going up as I build. My value is going up as I build. Somebody shout, yes. Build. Build something. Build something new. Build something that God is calling you to build. Build something that nobody is even supporting you on yet. Build something. If it's God, I yes. And number seven is realize that if it must be built, somebody must build it. In other words, houses don't build themselves. Systems don't build themselves. Local churches don't build themselves. Hey, your destiny will not build itself. God's calling on your life will not build itself. Hebrews chapter 3 
Hebrews chapter 3 the Bible says in verse 4 for every house is built by someone but he who builds all things is God he says every house is built by someone but he who builds all things is God the gospel is in Africa today because somebody built a system to send missionaries because somebody built a system to partner with missionaries because somebody built a system to resource missionaries if anything is admirable today somebody built it look at somebody say what are you building now what you building now what are you building now are you building an app are you building a song are you building an album yes I know you don't build an album but are you building an album are you building an enterprise are you building an outreach are you building in kings are you building your team are you building your decide your discipleship pattern are you building somebody in your care are you building up yourself on your most holy faith are you building what are you building what are you building what are you building somebody shall let's build God says if I find somebody on earth I will pour the blueprints in your spirit I will pour the blueprints Prince in their mind. I will take them on a journey. I will take them on an excursion. I will move them into the vaults of glory. I will take them through a tour. I will show them. I, 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 I feel the spirit of prophecy. I see God moving people through a room in the heavens and is showing you the model. Don't forget before they build anything physically on earth, they take you to the architect's office and he has a model. That's what you see in the revelation that's why it looks sharp sharp because when God gives you the revelation for it it's the model you see and sometimes when you look on the outside you're going to find somebody who is doing something like it it is never the same it's just like it and God uses that to encourage you that's why you never get envious when somebody is doing something you like or something you admire you might be tempted to be envious but ride over it step over it leap over it walk over it partner with it if you can yeah yes ah yes he shows you external witnesses that's why even for Jesus he referred to David he referred to Isaiah he referred to Moses because there is always a witness from the past but yes the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former house I feel like preaching to somebody somebody shout yes let's build type in the chat box and let's build let's build our prayer lives let's rebuild the prayer altar let's rebuild the bible study life let's rebuild evangelism let's rebuild our master life and let's build our lives our consecration our businesses our orientation our disposition our patterns in line with the word of God somebody shout yes somebody all I yeah yeah yes somebody shout yes hey let's build let's build play gently 
Let's build. Let us build. I'm going to continue next week. I think next week I might deal with empires of the spirit. <laughs> Let's build. They are spiritual structures. As they are natural structures, they are spiritual structures. I just wanted to lay foundation today. Just want to lay foundation today. God wants us to build. He doesn't just want us to be built up. In fact, the reason you are being built up is so that you can have capacity to accommodate the blueprints the ideas, the inspiration is pouring into the earth. That's where you're being built. He's building up the capacity of your spirit so that you can be stretched, enlarged, equipped to accommodate what is birthing. It is like this. A baby cannot carry a baby. A baby cannot carry, a baby girl cannot carry a baby in her womb. Her womb is too small, too insignificant. Have you noticed a woman does not receive a womb after marriage. She's born with a womb. But the womb has to come to a place of development maturity. And when she's come to the full age, now the seed of a man can find a space in the womb of the woman. So the womb of the woman can stretch without crashing or causing any kind of breakdown in the system of the woman. You are born with the capacity to multiply, to reproduce. When you have dreams, visions, images, God is showing you the pictures of possibility. Revelations are pictures of possibility. Revelations are pictures of possibility. God is downloading that in your spirit realm so that your appetite can be wet and you can seek him more and you can find strength and expansion in the spirit realm. You can receive equipment. Ah. I wanted to just agree with God today in prayer. So, Lord, I will build with you. I'm done teaching, but can you have a minute to just say, Lord, I will build with you. I will build with you. I will go back to the private meetings. The private meetings we used to have at 12 midnight, at 12 noon, at 6 a.m., at 9 p.m., whatever the time for your private meeting is. Watch this. There is a time that God wants you to come away. When God brought Moses, there is the place, listen, there is a time and a place for you going to God and speaking to God. When I say going, understand what I mean. God is never far. There's a time where you show up consciously and fully with the awareness of God. But listen, there's also a time God wants you to come apart. So sometimes God will say, seek my face for three days and pray and fasten. Sometimes it will say, wake up at 3 a.m. for the next three days. Or for one week, wake up at 6 a.m. Or for one week, 12 noon. Or today, don't eat. Those private meetings are essential. That's where the blueprints Moses didn't get the blueprint from the temp from the tabernacle at the bottom of the mountain. He got it at the top of the mountain, where the voices of men couldn't influence what he was hearing. Imagine, and I'm saying this with every sense of responsibility and humility. Imagine if I hadn't obeyed the nudges of God to start discipleship classes online from 2017. We said the Master Life Sessions 2017 online. We had no idea that this was going to happen. It's that Noon Prayers 2017 online. 
for some reason, I just never felt the release for us to do midweek services. We did interactions and discussions. I didn't know why, but every time I prayed and I prayed in the spirit, God said, that is the pattern I am given to you. And there are so many. See, when God gives you a pattern, your generation will catch up with it. Hey! But if you see a trend and you're trying to catch up with a trend, trend you're already late. I'm not saying don't, don't do what's in the culture. I'm saying even when you do something that's in the culture right now, you must be asking the Lord, what is that thing you've called me to? How do you want me to handle it? You've called me to be an author. Excuse me, sir. What kind? Do you want me to do e-books? Do you want me to do physical books? When do you want the book? Oh God, you want me to be in oil and gas? Oh, regardless of how bad the economy is, yes sir. What sectors are? Downstream, upstream, midstream, multi-stream, or consultant, training, health, health and safety? See, the more specific your instructions are, the deeper your convictions will be. The reason many believers lack conviction is that they don't have specific instructions. When you have specific instructions that are rooted in the word, you expose them to mature leadership. They are tested because even the convictions of Paul, he subjected them to the church and the elders in Jerusalem. So don't go, this is what God has told me and I will do it anyhow. No, he's subject, he subjected. Guardians, tutors. Father, we choose to be builders with you, Lord. And we will not build like Nimrod. We will not build the Tower of Babel. We will not build the Tower of Confusion. We will build altars of inspiration, altars of prayer, spaces of engagement and intimacy with you, Lord. We receive this, Father. We receive this, Father. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen and amen. Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings to join this growing community of kings. 